0: Travis Ryer of the BamaOnline.com staff following the media viewing periods at Wednesday's football practice at the University of Alabama. The Crimson Tide working out inside once again on a Wednesday in full pads. So maintaining the uh, sort of trend that we've seen from Alabama so far in the 2019 regular season with those Wednesday workouts inside the Hank Crisp indoor facilities we are outside we're outside Coleman Coliseum inside right now they've got a uh, pretty cool career fair going on so uh, some upcoming graduates of the University of Alabama trying to check out those employment opportunities inside Coleman Coliseum today we certainly wish them the best of luck with that now as for the Alabama football team injuries once again a big part of the narrative for this team and so with that Charlie Potter and myself taking in those media viewing periods you're going to be able to catch Charlie's practice report as a matter of fact uh, I'm guessing in a mere matter of moments if it isn't already up the lightning quick Charlie Potter with those practice reports at BamaOnline.com. but from an injury standpoint kind of the three or four guys that have been the topic of conversation from a health perspective DJ Dale, the true freshman nose tackle. We saw him with the rest of the defensive linemen inside the Hank Crisp Indoor facility today. Looked like he was doing some things, moving around okay. Looks like he's got both those knees braced up now after the uh, situation involving the right knee against Southern Mississippi late in the second quarter last Saturday at Bryant-Denny Stadium. So he was out there with the rest of the defensive linemen. Not sure he was doing as much as much as he was helping. Um, Brian Baker in those defensive line drills, but good to see him out there nonetheless. We saw Terrell Lewis uh, working with some outside linebackers and defensive linemen in what looked like a dime rabbits pass rush period, uh, trying to do some things. He had a pretty sizable knee brace on that uh, that injured knee of his today. Uh, we saw him out there yesterday as well, but um, trying to work with the uh, rest of that dime rabbits package out there or in there uh, this afternoon was. Terrell Lewis. Markel Benton, uh, special teamer slash reserve inside linebacker, uh, has been dealing with what appears to be a hamstring issue. We saw Markel with the inside linebackers today. And when Alabama uh, defensively got its inside backers and defensive backs together for another dime period, a lot of dime periods of late, kind of tells you where we're at with offense these days in college football. So much uh, six defensive backs on the field. and. Markel uh, in there with the second group in the dime package today. We had seen Jalen Moody dating back to last week uh, next up behind Shane Lee at the Mac linebacker position, which is another way of saying the middle linebacker in the dime package. So uh, Markel Benton uh, trying to do some more stuff today as well. We see Will Reichard with the other specialists. We don't see Will Reichard and the other specialists kind of do their thing. Uh, but you've heard from Nick Saban already this week in terms of the obstacles kind of in front of the freshman kicker and punter when you talk about a hip flexor pull and how that can make uh, the situation really tough on a kicker and or a punter. I would think maybe for more of a kicking perspective it's tougher because of the motion involved with soccer style place kicking when it comes to a hip flexor Uh, than more so the punting but I wouldn't think it's ideal for either. So what I'm probably telling you right now with Reichard and Benton and uh, Terrell Lewis and DJ Dale, we'll see. One big we'll see for Saturday afternoon against Ole Miss at Bryant-Denny Stadium. That, of course, a 2.30 CBS game. Now, you'll hear from Nick Saban following today's practice, so I'm sure he'll try to update their statuses uh, when we talk about the injured players and the potential for those guys on an individual basis to be available for Ole Miss on Saturday. Um, Otherwise, it's about what you would expect in there today. Um, You know, quarterbacks, receivers doing their thing inside practice. We get a closer look at the running backs and the quarterbacks and the receivers. We didn't see any of the receivers playing rock, paper, scissors while we were in there. Doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Doesn't mean it won't happen after we leave. Uh, Nick Saban was asked about that today on the SEC coaches teleconference and uh, wasn't aware of uh, the old rock, paper, scissors game being played by those wide receivers. So, party might be over for those cats. We'll have to see how it goes. But, um, you know, tight ends, we saw the offensive line together in there today with the tight ends. Wednesday, as we told you before, kind of an inside drill day for Alabama from that perspective. And the same five that we've seen in three of the four games. Uh, to this point in the season, looks like it's still working together there when you talk about Chris Owens at center, Landon Dickerson at right guard, Jedrick Wills at right tackle, um, Evan Neal at left guard, and Alex Leatherwood at left tackle. Now, a little something interesting to keep your eye on for Saturday. Kendall Randolph, uh, involving himself now at that tight end position, previously worked at offensive guard. Uh, Seeing Kendall Randolph today with Miller Forrestall with that first team offensive line, also saw Major Tennyson rep in there too. So you could see Kendall Randolph uh, maybe earlier in the game Saturday than uh, you might expect with those tight ends, could give a nice boost to the run game. You know, Kendall Randolph is a prime example, or seems to be anyway, of a guy that was kind of a down-the-depth chart guard Uh, But in the opportunities he had in the first couple of games of the season, Duke and New Mexico State, he was outstanding in helping to pave the way for some touchdown runs. Jerome Ford's touchdown run against Duke. Kendall Randolph had a pancake, I believe that was at left guard. And then Keelan Robinson uh, long touchdown run against New Mexico State. That was another situation where Kendall Randolph did some good things. And, you know, when you consistently do those things, it's amazing how coaching staffs will figure out a way to get you involved right and it looks like kendall randolph may be getting more and more involved uh, more you would think primarily as a blocker i mean the comparison has been made to brandon green that obviously makes a lot of sense because that's sort of what we saw from brandon green four or five years ago here in the program uh, and it looks like kendall randolph could fulfill a similar role perhaps beginning as early or more so anyway more of them there Uh, on Saturday against Ole Miss. Defensively, wanted to kind of circle back there. Um, Defensive line options at this point with DJ Dale dealing with his situation Le'Bron Ray out. Um, You know, Fedarian Mathis obviously becomes a bigger part of the equation. We talked about him even before this situation with Dale because when Ray went out, Mathis is a guy that you can give some reps to at end if you need to. Now with Dale, questionable for this week. Mathis becomes a potential starter at the nose tackle position with Raekwon Davis at one end. And it appears as if Justin Aboigbe once again at another end spot. Byron Young, another true freshman, going to give you some depth there. Uh, Christian Barmore could be on the verge of more action on that defensive line. Uh, Tavita Musica is another guy you can rotate in there. Braylon Ingram and Ismail Sofsher. We haven't seen either of those true freshmen yet, but another injury or two, and who knows. Um, The secondary, uh, as far as the depth perspective goes, that first team dime still continues to be the same. Of note there, that means Shaheem Carter at the star position. Uh, That's been the case for the last couple of weeks. That looks like it's still the case today. Uh, From a depth standpoint, again, a lot of youth out there. Jordan Battle is with that first group still in the dime package. at safety opposite Jared Maiden. Xavier McKinney obviously at the money position with that first-team dime. The second-team dime, true freshman DeMarco Hellams at the money position. Um, your corners on the outside between true freshman and redshirt freshman, second-year players, uh, a lot of youth out there. Josh Job working at right corner with the twos, uh, shadowed by Marcus Banks, a true freshman on the other side. You're looking at Jalen Armour Davis, a redshirt freshman, with Scooby Carter supporting him over there on that side. Daniel Wright gives you some program experience at the one safety on the two deep there uh, to go along with Jordan Battle. Um, we did see Eddie Smith a little bit yesterday. It's kind of a, a name we haven't talked about very much at all. But during Tuesday's practice, we did see Eddie Smith um, shadowing uh, Daniel Wright. So that was of, of a particular interest, I thought. But um, you know, kind of the same deal. At Star, your backup right now looks to be Patrick Sertan. He's working with the twos and the, and the dime. Uh, Obviously a starter uh, in all three packages, but a potential option still at the star position. What do you got for me? Any uh, questions, comments? It's hot again, by the way. It's going to be brutal Saturday. So if you're coming to the game, you already need to uh, probably have an IV going. Forget about just drinking water. You need to be straight intravenous fluids at this point. Chris wants to see some improvement from the punting. Yeah, and we've talked about that, and that probably is the biggest area of concern when it comes to kicking the football now, even with as much fun as we like to have on social media and elsewhere with Alabama's kickers, both past and present. Um, yeah, that's that's something that's going to be interesting Saturday if Alabama has to punt the football all that much. have hadn't really had to do that much. That's been the good news. But when it has punted the last couple of games, it's been uh, adventurous, I'd say. Jimmy getting the Ben Davis question out there early. Ben's working with the twos, you know. Saw Ben, uh, didn't we see Ben against Southern Miss last Saturday? Yeah. Ben's getting some run these days from a depth perspective, a little bit on special teams. There you go, Jimmy. We got you covered. Oh, gosh, it's impossible to say in relation to Trey Sanders uh, in terms of He is going to redshirt this year. I don't envision a scenario where he's going to play in more than four games. So, even if he somehow came back this year, which I don't anticipate, um, I couldn't envision him being available for more than four games. Um, And then does he, you know, play more than two years? Uh, Who knows? You know, think about the conversations we were having about Terrell Lewis a couple, three years ago when he was a true freshman. No way, Terrell Lewis. Will be at Alabama for more than three years. Well, things happen over the course of a career. Now you're starting to wonder if Terrell Lewis might be back next year. Marcus, um, that's an interesting question. You know, the two teams right now, when you talk about Georgia as a potential matchup down the road, um, Georgia's got some areas where they could give Alabama some problems, uh, most notably between the tackles. I think the matchup of DeAndre Swift on those inside linebackers and the Georgia backs in general could be a real issue. I think we can all agree on that. But, you know, I didn't see a lot of explosiveness out of Georgia in that Notre Dame game. Uh, Made some plays in the passing game late. But in terms of outside playmakers, like a Riley Ridley, like a McCole Hardman, now the Kansas City Chiefs. That's where I think that Georgia team's really lacking. So it would be a game of styles, I think, if they played today. I think Georgia would want it more along the lines of what we saw against Notre Dame. And Alabama would think, mm, we can get this thing to, you know, 31, 38 points. It, we're going to be all right. Jimmy, I thought Brian Breeze say, is it Breezy? I don't know. I'm, I'm not as much of a recruiting guy, Jimmy. I thought he was already committed to uh, committed to Clemson. I was not shocked, Brian, about the Bryce Young commitment because I'm a part of BamaOnline.com. I mean, if you're a part of BamaOnline.com and you've been kind of reading the tea leaves and following the coverage of Hank South and Tim Watts, I don't think any of us were shocked. You know, there was a reason why even though Bryce Young was committed to USC, Alabama was kind of standing pat on Bryce Young. You know, Alabama wasn't making any contingency moves in that deal. kind of told you that, um, you know, there were some things in play that favored Alabama. Yeah, you know, I think it's, again, it's not so much about rushing totals with this offense. It's about being able to run the football situationally, which is what we've talked about since the preseason. Um, And, yeah, if RPO action is going to open up things for you in that quick passing game and allow these guys after the catch to do what they do so well, you're going to keep taking it. Now, when you get into the red zone and you get into some four-minute offense situations, yeah, you want to be able to run it better. You want to be able to take the air out of the ball, as Nick Saban likes to say, and get on out of there. But, um, you know, if if you're hitting the explosive plays like they are, you're not gonna look look that gift horse in the mouth. Josh Job uh, looks like he is kind of reasserting himself into the uh, the rotation there at corner. Had a bumpy couple of weeks. I don't think Nick Saban was probably all that happy with the maturity level of Josh Job there for a couple of weeks. But give Josh Job credit. The one way to get yourself back on the good side of this coaching staff, and especially Nick Saban. Is to take care of business in the in the roles that you still have, and for Job, that was largely special teams, at South Carolina. He was very good in kickoff coverage. He uh, seems to have responded well to his demotion, and here he is back on the cusp. I think of, you know, being a factor once again when you talk about the the nickel and dime packages. No, Duran you didn't miss anything with Terrell Lewis. We we have we have not said that he is done for the season. He was at practice today before that one goes viral. Yeah, Jason, um, I don't know. I, I, I think shy has been okay. I think the the big thing with Shy was he was so good late in the season a year ago. I mean, he was really good against Georgia in the SEC championship game. Um, you know, I don't know if anyone was particularly great against Clemson. I think, um, you know, there were guys who had their struggles against Oklahoma for that matter, but – you know, he had the off-season surgery for the sports hernia. Uh, that limited kind of his involvement through spring. And you know, I'm gonna give Shy a little more time. I trust Shy. I think he'll be fine. Ernest with Pete Golding, I think it's I think it's to be determined. And I think the tough thing for Pete Golding compared to his predecessors is that I don't recall his predecessors, especially the guys who coached inside linebackers and coordinated the defense, having a situation at their position like Pete Golding has. Kirby Smart never had two true freshmen starting inside linebackers. Jeremy Pruitt didn't have that situation. So I think Pete Golding has more on his plate than those guys before him. So um, I think it's uh, uh, to be determined. Uh, let's give the guys some time to to get these inside linebackers kind of ramped up and up to speed, and uh, and while all the while trying to coordinate a defense, I do think it helps this year. Uh, not that anyone questions who the defensive coordinator is this year, but Charles Kelly um, has experience from that standpoint working in the defensive backfield. You know, South Senzari has some of that experience working up front, so uh, that should help. But. Uh, it's a tough deal for Pete Golding. He's got more on his plate than, uh, than Kirby or, or uh, Jeremy had. Jason, I think injuries will kind of determine that, you know, with Christian Barmore and the potential for him rising to a starting position uh, before the end of the season. I, I think right now it, he's more of a support guy. You heard Nick Saban earlier in the week. Uh, the best thing Christian Barmore can do is exactly what the scheme calls for. On a down-in, down-out basis, maintain gap integrity. Don't go chasing big plays when it puts your teammates uh, at a disadvantage as a result of that. So, if he's consistent in doing his job on a down-in and down-out basis, there's no doubt from a playmaking standpoint. What you've seen, um, you know, he's he's got some of that in him for sure. Um, but before that can become, you know, kind of a 50-snap-a-game type of thing, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's 40 other, 45 other snaps where you're probably not going to make a tackle for a loss or a sack. Uh, and you got to be just as solid and consistent in those um, as you do when you do make a play. Deontay Brown, Ray, uh, yeah, we see him out there. Uh, looks like, um, you know, either of the guard spots, and if right now from a depth standpoint, you know, he could be a next-guy-in sort of option. Although, I'm telling you, Pierce Quick, the young guy, is going to be a really good player. Um, Emil Echior looks to be pretty much back to full health. So, you know, they've got options there. The, the one thing you can't get away from with Deontay, though, is a year ago, and this is going to be in my 3 matchups for Alabama Ole Miss tomorrow at BamaOnline.com, a year ago in the four games that Deontay started and finished with the ones, Alabama averaged almost six yards per carry in the run game. Um, so far this year, in three of the four games in which Alabama has had the same three starters up front, Alabama has averaged 3.6 yards per carry. So, you know, you, you got to figure on some of that last year. Um, you know, you had some other – you had Ross Pierce Baker at center. You know, it wasn't Deontay Brown by himself. You also had some backs. Damian Harris, Josh Jacobs, you got you got to figure on some of that as well. But I don't think anyone would argue. So uh, right now I would think more of a depth provider, but I won't be surprised in the coming games if you don't see Deontay rotate in some, perhaps, with that first group. <laughs> I can't punt anymore, man. Um... Brian, this is what you call a tour visor. This is a grown-up visor, okay? It's sitting the the truck stop visor that you see Dan Mullen and some of those guys wear. All right? This is the big boy visor. Uh, You're already getting questions about Talia versus Bryce Young. Wow. Let's give it a little bit. Uh, Bryce Young, uh, if you've watched his tape, you've watched his highlights, you've seen what I've seen. You you see why he's a high four-star, low five. Um... you know, guy that's gonna be a factor from day one in that quarterback room, beginning in January when he gets here, assuming Tua is off to the NFL. Jennings has always had it, Simon. If you've watched me, if you've listened to me, if you've read me, I've always been a big Anthony Jennings fan because Anthony Jennings has always done, you know how we talk about Christian Barmore? That's what he needs to become more like. Christian Barmore needs to become, uh, Christian Barmore needs to become more like Anthony Jennings on an every down basis. That's what needs to happen. Because Anthony Jennings every down takes care of his business. And then, you know, you look up at the end of the day and he's got six tackles, two tackles for a loss a sack, pass breakup. It's the consistency Anthony Jennings brings day in and day out. Right now he is, Jason. Yeah, Chris Owens looks to be the guy right now at center. Um, we are seeing Darian Dahlcourt more and more with the twos. I think Darian Dahlcourt has kind of reached that point where, you know, there are times when you look at the the individual drills and they're lined up in a certain order. And a guy will be working with the second team at a spot, but you know that if something were to happen, he wouldn't be the next guy in at that spot. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that, that kind of is the situation. Along the offensive line, a lot of times because you you'll have ten offensive linemen in your two deep, but really you're looking at playing seven, maybe eight, and because you got a swing guy at guard center, and then you got an extra, you got a third tackle. But I think Darian Dahlcourt right now um, is, if he isn't, he's getting really close to being that next guy in at center. All right. Is that gonna do it for today? It's warm out here. I told you already. Bands over there playing. Million dollar bands over there getting loose. They're on that artificial turf field. Whose idea was it for an artificial turf band field? I guess you gotta have it because they'd wear it out, but man, you feel bad for the football team. The bands out here in the in the heat, on turf, doing it. All right, gang, as always, we appreciate you joining us here on Instant Analysis. Again, Charlie Potter with that practice report. you got Nick Saban coming up in just a little bit following Wednesday's practice. Continuing coverage taking you into Alabama Ole Miss on Saturday. We have basketball coverage as well. Nate Oates' team with its first practice of the 2019-2020 preseason, I guess you still call it. But uh, it's up for you at BamaOnline.com. Thanks a lot, Ernest. I think I will go get something cold to drink, if you know what I'm saying. Have a great evening, everybody. Talk to you again soon.